We are live. Oh, this is a, a milestone broadcast, episode number 10 already. <laughs> the Bourbon <laughs> Brothers. Back back at it. Uh, Robert Chinesky, supplement engineer, Justin Hall, supplement snoop. Here we are to talk about all things. It is the week. College football is back. Bourbon is back. We're we're all back. Everything's back. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Uh, missed your face earlier this week. So here we are. Yeah, my friend. It's been good. This is a really, really good first week because it was the first week of college football. The first real week. There were a couple of games last week, but that, that doesn't yeah, count. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. really going on. We've got first week of college football and September is Bourbon Heritage. Bourbon, it's National yeah. Bourbon Heritage Month. So this is a, a great episode. we got two major things on, on the docket there. So, But first of all, whoop. There we go. <laughs> My brother jumped in nice and early with some trash talk. <laughs> and is, he is uh, a Bama grad, so yeah, unfortunately. Uh, what do you do with a, uh, a degree from Alabama? Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it in crayon? I think um, so. That is one thing, though. I, you know, it, you get excited because it's like, oh, you go out of conference, and normally, you know, teams play these like shitty out of conference games, and then, uh, you know, Miami's like, oh, we're gonna play Alabama, and you know, you scheduled a couple years in advance, so it's like, oh, cool, and then it comes down to it, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> you know, you don't want to play Alabama because you know this year, like, Miami's actually the fans are excited, they they have a pretty good team, they're like preseason ranked highly for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. uh, highly and uh so you know you get excited all off season but you know that the first game you play where you get to see the new team is going to be against alabama and you're going to get juggernaut being stomped on national television <laughs> probably so it's very bittersweet but it's kind of one of those games and you hate to even approach it like this but if it is a good game to see for the team too because it's like if they can hang with alabama you know, the ACC is pretty well. North Carolina is supposed to be really good this year, um, but other than that, Clemson is the only thing Bama like in the ACC, and they're not in Miami's division, so they wouldn't play them. So, anyway, uh, I'm excited, kind of, because <laughs> man, it's like everyone's talking about like, oh, Alabama's replacing basically their whole team. It's like, yeah, they're replacing their whole team with all like every five- year. Five star, you know, uh, high school All Americans that would probably be starting for every other team. Uh, so people are like, oh, yeah, they, you know, they lost this person, this person. And it's like, well, I remember when Miami used to do that or LSU, you know, you used to do that. You lose great players, but then you replace them with potentially even greater players. And it's like, yeah, this is just going to be like the coming out party for all these Alabama players. Yeah. <laughs> the trumping at the pit. Well, you know, that was always the thing, too, is, you know, Miami's been down for a while. But I said the thing about Miami that kind of sucks is they're never off anyone's radar. Like, if you are a coach or anything like that, like, you want to kick Miami's ass. Like, yeah. So they're never, like, they're never going to, like, come back out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Because right. Just all these coaches grew up either hating them or loving them. And so they, you know, Nick Saban just wants, like, I, I'm sure, like, to, to him, Miami's not much, but you know, he wants to just. Oh, yeah, get a piece of them. them. I mean, there, there's a chance he maybe lost, like, one three star recruit to Miami, and he's still pissed. Like, even though he got, he has a whole stable full of five stars, if he lost, like, even one recruit to Miami, even if it's, like, a lower mm-hmm. tier guy, 
he's going to find something to get the team motivated and to get right. all of his coaches irritated and like on the ball, regardless of, you know, who it is. Yeah. Um, Cause they do come, they do come to South Florida and they take guys from Miami's backyard. Uh, not yeah. often, but they always get like, they've been taking um, like a couple of their big receivers over the last few years have been literally like from Miami. And yeah. it's like, God, <laughs> we could really use those guys, you know what I mean? But they go to Alabama, and then you think too, like people, the fans get all mad because they're like, okay, they're. It's one thing if you leave, and I get the playing for championships and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, these are like inner city kids, and then they're going to to play f- football in Alabama, and you're just like, I don't. <laughs> it's just such a you know cultural difference and things like that. So. Yeah, man. With uh Miami, I, I even liked them as a kid just because their uniforms always just look so like top notch. Do you have a a preferred uniform outfit? Mm. And I know this is getting a little frou frou for football, but no, no, like no, no, uniform no. like uniform discussions, there are certain classic uniforms. Like I hope they never change Bama's uniform or Penn State's. Mm. Um I don't want them to ever change LSU's. I like Miami's look the way it is. Florida's with the red and orange. Like certain things I don't ever want to become the Oregon Ducks where like I've got fifteen yeah. different uniforms for a twelve game season. It just doesn't make sense to me. You can go change out uniforms at halftime and do, you know, retarded things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have a preferred combination of the uniforms or anything you like? Um, probably. So it's it's a good point because they constantly have been changing their uniforms and fans don't like it. Like some yeah. of them have looked cool, but at the same time, it, it it's tough because I remember the one year they tried to sort of go to like throw throwbacks. They went to like the Stormtrooper. They called them the Stormtrooper all white outfits. Mm-hmm. Now, when Miami in the 80s and you know, when they were good, the yeah. stormtrooper uniforms sort of fit, right? They were the, the bad guys of college football and they would come yeah. in, they were really good and people hated them. But it's like when you try to recreate that down the road with a team that kind of sucks, it's like, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you can't, it's not the Miami teams of the past. So it's like they kind of almost... I don't want to say they went the Oregon Ducks route, but they were trying a lot of different things. They've had new uniforms like every year, and yeah. so, you know they're they're just they get weird. You know what I mean? I like just the classic look of like mm-hmm. during the eighties and nineties, and some of the ones like I really like some. I think it makes sense too that I like the uniform combinations of some of their like really great teams because it just you know yeah. teams graded and all that stuff. So, but they've been doing some weird things with uniforms. I don't like it over the last few years. Yeah, simpler simpler is usually the better thing to go. Like a lot of the NFL teams have even like they started making them look almost like I don't, I don't know like arena football level. Like their yes. uniforms rem- they kind of remind me of that or like the NFL mm-hmm. blitz. Like you could do like the fancy uniforms like NFL blitz that old arcade game and stuff like that. It's just go keep things nice and simple and clean. I don't need swooshes and you know slashes and all this other stuff all over the place. Well, it's usually uh, it seems like. And I get it that like some of the bigger teams will do it just for the fans to give them something kind of cool, but yeah. it's 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 usually teams that uh, like they need something right to get attention. And, yeah, gimmick. Yeah. Right. You figure you know places like Penn State, Alabama, and all that sort of stuff. They don't change Notre Dame. They don't need they don't need to change their uniforms because yep. they just have that you know already that presence. It's teams like Oregon's when they were trying to have something because nobody gives a shit about Oregon. So they're like, okay, well, they have these amazing facilities now, all this money pumped into it, and now they have these cool uniforms. It's like the one recruiting tool that they have for some 
kids is like oh yeah cool and stuff like that so the big teams you know don't have to do stuff like that so i think that's why people are like getting annoyed too and miami sort of going down that route it's like you know it's that you don't need that you know yeah. what i mean like you don't need to do stuff like that but because like alabama is a good point like i i think alabama's uniforms are actually pretty cool but what i think they were cool if they were kind of a middling team somewhere it looks cool because they they're really good and right you know if you, if you play good right you look good so yeah. exactly but i'm ready man look who broke out of his mexican prison <laughs> yeah so so uh here's a funny story so um we go right we go to we go to mexico last week we left mm -hmm. last tuesday we came back tuesday night and i don't think i told you this uh at all. I talked about it on Instagram, but you, you know, you don't do Instagram anymore. So um, while I was there, I talked to so Jeff Long, like pro Jeff Long. Mm -hmm. I've been friends with him for a couple of years now, but I never met him. Yeah. And uh, he said something. We were just kind of having a chat like last week at some point or like the week before. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're taking it's my 10 year anniversary with my wife. We're taking the whole family. We're going to Mexico. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, when are you going? He goes, from the 24th to the 31st. I was like, dude, that's exactly when I'm going. And uh, so he, I looked, and he was staying at, like, a family resort that was about, like, 45 minutes away from the resort we were at. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, it was a good thought. But uh, so we were coming home, and I was like, well, when's your, when's your flight? And he said it was at, like, 1230. And I was like, dude, our flight's at, like, 1220 or whatever. So yeah. I ended up meeting Jeff Long at the freaking Cancun airport for the first hey, time that's cool and then, and then uh jordan from alpha lion i see his instagram stories he was also yeah. in cancun at the same time and so i messaged he was like five minutes away from me and he's like yeah i fly out about at the same time he lives in columbia right he's like i fly out at the same time i was like holy shit so i never met jordan before never met jeff before and then we we're all at the cancun airport <laughs> at the same time and uh, Jordan was in the <clears throat> international because he lives in Colombia. So mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to see Jordan, but Jeff and I got to hang out for a little bit. First time I ever hung out with Jeff and we took a picture. It was like on Instagram, there's a picture of us. We're like six feet away from each other with like our masks on and we're like giving them, giving the middle finger to like our mask. And then we took a picture like hugging it out basically. Uh, there you in, go. The, in the airport. So yeah, I got to meet Jeff Long uh, on the way home which is there the most go. random it's like the most random thing possible man. yeah is he doing the supplement brand is that full-time for him or is that like a side hustle while he's still doing like coaching and other things like that or he he does i know he does some coaching but uh he's he's full go with like a pro they're um seems like they're doing really well yeah that's what i just when we speak to these brand owners like you see their products on the shelves but i mean mm -hmm. i have no idea the volumes they're moving like you're, you're even somebody like Nutribio, Apollon, Primeval, Alpha Lion. I have no idea the volumes these guys are, are dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a couple of brands I do, but even then, I mean, I'm more on the, like, the, the content, the formula side. It's not like the, the nuts and right. bolts actual business side of stuff. So it's it's always cool to see like when you see smaller companies start up and then they can kind of turn that into a, a full-time business thing and they can don't have to deal with quote-unquote real work anymore. Yeah, yeah, because he he um he's had the brand for a while too, and that's a good point because right. there's there's big misconceptions. You you look at a brand on Instagram or whatever, and they look like they're doing certain things, but what you see a lot of time, 
you'll see, say, like a company owner or something, they'll have sort of an extravagant type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And they'll have a supplement company and people will assume that they got that from that supplement company where that's usually the supplement company is some sort of like just they there's something they wanted to do. They acquired some money elsewhere and then now they want to have a supplement company. It's, they're not actually making it from there's obviously some really successful supplement companies, but mm-hmm. not nearly as many as people think. And then you start looking at their numbers and you're like, wow. You know what I mean? It's like you're not ex- so he he's had his company for a while, and <clears throat> I think just over the last couple of years, and then he basically retired from bodybuilding, and basically went full go into like a pro, and that's when because you know it, it is man like you meet brand owners all the time, and I talk about this almost daily. It's a side hustle for them, and mm-hmm. you you can't make it a full time job unless you make it a full time job. Like people always. Yeah. They fund it through their main job, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you can't do that. Um, so they're constantly just funding. And then it's nothing more than a hobby, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And it doesn't really ever go to that next level because they don't really like commit to it. So I'm sure it was a little rough for him to make that transition. I'm sure like if, I don't actually like talk to him about, about how that transition went, but you know, mm-hmm going from a successful bodybuilding type, you know, being a sponsored athlete and things like that. And I know like he was one of the ones getting like monthly salaries and stuff like that. So right. that transition while having a family and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm sure that would be an interesting story. To talk to yeah, absolutely. About. What was the, uh, the bourbon scene like at the resort? Like for people that have never been to a resort before, typically it's like, it's not like the finest selection of stuff. You got like a, a bur- like if you went to a whiskey bar or something like that, but they <clears> usually <throat> got a few, a few pretty good options there. So what was the, uh, the spread like at the resort you were at? Yeah, this one, it was more, you know, it's in Mexico. So it's more tequila, like more mm-hmm. like high end tequila than bourbon. Um, they, you're right. Because a lot of the, the all inclusive places, like depending on the level that you go to, some of it's just yeah. like very like cheap stuff. This this one was like really nice place, to, but it was more tequila driven. Like there was, they had like Johnny Walker Blue and things like that, and mm-hmm. uh, like to that level. But it was more like as far as like bourbon went, they didn't really have like a whole lot like bourbon. Yeah, so they probably got what like regular Black Label Evan mm-hmm. Williams, Jack Daniels, uh, probably yeah. the basic stuff like that. I would yeah, imagine. They, they had the, um, I don't even remember because I didn't even actually like have any because I sort of looked at the shelf and I was like, eh, yeah. you know what I mean? But they had some really cool um, like mixology, like this mixology bar there that was really, um, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. We would we would go there like after dinner basically mm-hmm. like every day because, you know, it's they had more top shelf like liquor when it comes to other categories. Yeah. Not, not so much the whiskey. Um, but you could go and get, you know, some people just go to like these things and they just sit there and they just pound you know, drinks all day yeah, long. Yeah, go with the blender drinks or the, uh, the, what you call it, beer that they always have out there. Yeah, or just like a regular basic like mixed drink or something like that. But um, yeah. this one, they had an actual like really cool bar that uh, did some really crazy stuff. Like I was shocked. Yeah, those those people were like really talented. So we kind of hung out there because we're not like a get drunk kind of people. Mm-hmm. 
but we did basically like we would go down to like the pool and then just drink basically all day yeah you just keep, like, you maintain that level right. you, you don't go yeah. over the tipping point but you kind of you ride that edge real finely yeah yeah you you're not like going and getting hammered but you just just enough and then just maintaining it because then you go back get ready for dinner and all that stuff and just keep it going so it was yeah. basically like a week straight of being like slightly inebriated the whole time. The there yeah. you go. Yeah. How was the uh, the food there? Is the like certain resorts, something like Sandals, where they usually have like three or four different resorts within like a certain location. Each one of those only have like maybe two or three restaurants, and but you you get free shuttle service to put around all those. Mm-hmm. When we stayed at the place, there was I think seven restaurants within that one. Resort, and that was one of the big reasons we wanted to stay there, so that we didn't have to leave the grounds if we didn't really want to to try a bunch of different places. So, how was the the food layout where y'all were? Yeah, the food was. It, that's one reason we stayed at this this um, same chain in different countries. The mm-hmm. food is absolutely fucking phenomenal, man. Like, uh, <clears throat> it's the same thing. So, this Ibero Star, we stayed at the the Grand, which is the adults only. It's like the top, mm-hmm. the top yeah. level whatever but you you're a high to, roller we get it you're a high roller right right as you can tell right <laughs> um so there's like the other there is like other properties around where mm-hmm. they're like oh you can go like here they're like the one place had like a like a dance club or like a casino and like uh, yeah. all that stuff. so if you wanted that because the the place we were at very private very like quiet very like you know it's romantic kind of vibe to it but it's like yeah. if you want a different experience you can go like to the other sort of hotel where like nah um but they can't come to yours <clears throat> like the people at the other resorts can't can't come to oh, the one cool. we were on yeah because um, you're just paying for that extra level of, of yeah. service but they had <clears throat> i think like I think there's six restaurants in our uh hotel mm-hmm. and dude the food oh my god the food is so good like uh, mind-blowing food and that was uh, one reason I keep going back to the same one is you know it, it, I think it's again on the same level like where if you go somewhere um, you kind of get what you pay for kind of deal and the food from what I've heard like other people say you know you go down and pay less for places and you know you just get like this yeah. this was like legit <clears throat> like they have like legit chefs the presentation of the food was like insane you know i don't take pictures of food and stuff like that but it was worth yeah. taking pictures of like some of the presentation that they had and the hibachi restaurant that we went to the last night was one of the best meals i think i've ever had in my life the, really yeah the hibachi was just was so good, good. The, the quality of the of the sushi and the chicken and the steak and everything was just like some next level Top stuff mm-hmm. yeah, man. yeah so <clears throat> it was um this one was the private sort of section of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, you we could go wherever we wanted, but people weren't allowed to come to our resort. Yeah, which was nice. very so, cool, man. Well, I'm glad you yeah. had a good time and you got back yeah. on Tuesday and you recovered well enough. Yeah, it was kind of. So, I'll tell you a story uh, about what a dumbass I am. So I'll take people. <laughs> I'll take people behind the curtain. So, <clears throat> you know, Prady, my business partner, Prady he's a he's a machine right so uh, i talked to him and he's like hey man he goes you know he's like just just enjoy your vacation he's like i got this like you know we have meetings with our clients i call throughout mm-hmm. the week we usually have like one 
uh, check-in call with every single client every single week. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he's like, I'll handle this stuff, man. He's like, just, just don't worry about it. Go enjoy yourself. And I'm like, it was really awesome. So, cause it's hard to pull yourself out of work mode. Like, you know, the same thing, you don't have work hours. So you're constantly working, even when you're yep. not working, you're always thinking about what you have to do, thinking about what's next. Yep. So anyway, we have a meeting with one of our clients early on Wednesday mornings. And <clears throat> I remember, you know, it's a long day of travel on Tuesday and it's a long sort of vacation. And I, mm -hmm. it was Tuesday night, we got home and I was like, God, I was like, I really hate that I have to get up early for this meeting on Wednesday morning. I was like, why didn't I, why didn't I think about this? Like after uh, all this travel and stuff, I'm like, I really don't want to set an alarm the day after a vacation. And, you know, yep. the person that we meet with is love them to death. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's a big deal, but I was just kind of yep. like, just kind of being a baby about it. So I set my alarm and whatever, I wake up Wednesday morning and now, I mean, I'm out cold Tuesday night, like dead. Mm -hmm. And my alarm actually wakes me up, which never happens. And I'm like, you know, I get up and I'm like, God, man, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> you know? And I'm bitching, I'm being a huge baby about it. So the time for our meeting comes up and I, I get on the call and I'm the only one there. <clears throat> and I'm like, so I, I text everybody. I was like, hey, I'm on. Oh, no. And Prady's like, dude. And he's like, we move the call to tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, you're the one that moved it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Is that your drunken haze? <laughs> well, so er early in the trip, early in the trip, I thought ahead because there was two hurricanes that came through right around us too. Yep. And there was <clears throat> Hurricane Ida, right, as you know. Yeah. That was coming through the day we were supposed to fly out. And I was like, oh, shit. So <clears throat> I was thinking ahead. I was like, you know, we might have some delays. It might take a long time. So I said, right when we got there, I'm like, can we move the Wednesday morning meeting to Thursday? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I totally forgot. And, <clears throat> you know, over the course of the trip, I totally just lost track of everything. So I'm sitting there and, yeah, Pretty's like, you're the one that moved it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, what a jackass. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> that was my welcome back gift to myself was making myself get up when I didn't need to. And I'm like, come on, man. I said, get it together. Because, you know, you come back and it's like, you have to get right back into it. But I was like, oh, yeah. okay, we're yeah. good now. I think I think that yesterday was a little, I was a little spotty <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, some recalibrating. Of, <clears throat> some of my reliability, but we're good today. Good deal. Uh, any listeners tuning in, uh, if you got any, you guys got any questions, comments about college football, bourbon, or anything else, uh, fitness, nutrition, supplementation, feel free to fire away. Uh, we'll answer anything. We'll be on for about another 30, 40 minutes or so before, uh, Justin's got to hop off for a meeting. Uh, yeah, a question that I had for you, Justin, you brought up a really good point that I'd like to ask you about. You said, you know, given the way that kind of our, our jobs are and a lot of the other people in the supplement industry, it's not. Your, your, your brain is constantly on another a number of other professions for people that work from home. Your brain is always in go mode. Is that actually a good thing, though? Or is it better if you, like going back to, like if you had a factory job or if you worked like even in an engineering office where it was, you know, 6 to 4, I'd go there. I'd be in the office from 6 to 4 or 6.30 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon or whatever. But then after that, I can shut my brain off. I don't have to think about it. Is that better for you psychologically and mental health-wise over the long term? 
to be able to just go in there, leave it at the door, or to be in this kind of semi always on mode like we are nowadays, where mm -hmm. you have stuff all the time. You're not just restricting your workday to you know eight to five, nine to five, something like that. Yeah, dude, that's a great question because you know, and you know the same way. I've done both, <clears throat> and I think about this <clears throat> all the time. Excuse me, I think about it all the time. Um, because you're in that mentality where for years that's what i did you could once you punch the clock you were done yeah i think though if i can just speak from a personal experience the as much as you if you're in a profession where you can quote unquote leave it at the door i think there's an underlying stress when you're not happy sort of in that position you know, a lot of people, a lot of people work their 40 hours or, you know, a lot of people work 50, 60 hours and yeah. then you punch a clock and then you're done, right? You don't, you're not checking emails, like unless you're in management and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. there, there was that constant battle too. Like we could even talk about that where I remember being like on the floor and then people criticizing like management and stuff like that all the time, you know, cause that's just what people do. And I'm like, understanding it then but then also being in like the management side you see it you're like you know those people deal with things that, that you don't mm -hmm. you know what i mean like problems that you take for granted you, like they'll go home and they're at dinner and there could be calls there could be uh emails and stuff like that they it's harder for yeah. them to shut it off than than you are true so but you're exactly right. Like now, because I, I I said this um, the other day, I said this was the first probably real vacation I've ever had. And because after probably like day two, I really just let things go. I stopped worrying about what we were going to do when we come back. I stopped worrying about the meetings. I stopped worrying about because like, Pretty's like, I got this. And it's hard to like let that be on someone else. But right back in the day when I would take vacations like, uh, you know, working for GE was a great, it was a great job. They, you know, made good money. We, and so I started going on these vacations back then. Mm -hmm. And I remember we would go to like Jamaica, like during our shutdown, yeah. you know, they, they would basically tell you when you could go on a vacation. Right. So we would go and as relaxing as it was, and as cool as it was, you always knew you were going back to something that was not ideal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So so maybe you can shut it off, but it's always there. You know what I mean? It's always there. Yeah. And it sort of like seems like that type of stress or that type of thing, it comes out in other ways, you yeah. know, where it's not as like on the surface, like you're freaking out about, you know, missing a deadline or a call or whatever, but it comes out like in weird ways like that, because you're not, it's so um, not on the surface stress and mm -hmm. things like that, that um, it's almost, it, like I said, it's very underlying. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but it's, it's always there, but yeah. you just don't notice it as much as you do now because it's still always there, but it's so like in your mind all the time that it's noticeable. Whereas then you think you're sort of shutting those things off, but it's like, it's like, it's always there, like on your back, you know what I mean? Going, you, you know, yeah. you have to go back to something because you're basically like what a lot of people are doing. I think you're just doing what you can to, to survive right right to get through <clears throat> to spend that time with your family quality time with your family uh, quality time by yourself whatever so you're you're doing things you don't want to do all day to get there so when you are in that moment trying to enjoy yourself you still 
you still know that it, you got to go back. And yeah, I think that kind of eats away at you uh, too. So, but you're right, man. You can't right. you can't shut this stuff off, like because no. your future is so in doubt at all times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. like because. I mean, well, I guess I was going to say you, you you own a business, but you're also a consultant for other businesses, too. So part of your income is beholden to that to those other companies. So yes. you've got the app and, and the stuff that you've built out through the app. But at the same time, you're also consulting for these other brands mm-hmm. um, to where if they have a down year for whatever reason, that could affect your bottom line or, or like your monthly income or, you know, mm-hmm. earlier this year. Some of the companies I, were con- they were, I was consulting with or and writing for, they just said, hey. We're putting a, a hard stop on stuff, and then you, you're just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna go yeah. hunt some, for some other clients, some other companies that might need some help or writing or stuff like that. So it's just, it's you. You are always kind of on that that like go for mode, I guess, because you're trying to like go from there to go from there and, and do those kind of things. And so you you always wonder, is that a is that a good way to be, or is it better to be kind of it like the yeah. the hey, I'm working for this massive corporation. I've just got to punch my clock for eight hours, and I'm good. I mean, I'm much rather having the flexibility to do what I want to, call my own shots, work for people I want to. Just, I wonder from like the the, the mental health and just kind of yeah. like stress standpoint. Yeah, you're uh, you're right because I think and it really comes down to the person, right? Because that's why there's a lot of people that see people in certain positions and they say, "I want that," and I'm like, "You sure?" Yeah. Because um, like I even talk about this with like Prady, you know, Prady's he's just turned thirty. He's obviously he's like super successful, and people he just will look turned thirty. Yeah, he turned. He'll be thirty-one <laughs> in December. He just turned thirty. I thought he was a little bit older than that. I thought he was like yeah. thirty-three or thirty-four. I didn't realize yeah, he just turned thirty. Yeah, he just turned thirty. It was last <laughs> December. I think December okay. 13, December thirteenth is his birthday. So, <clears throat> yeah, because he came in for the Christmas party. Uh, mm-hmm. last year at TNS, it was, it was on his birthday. And, um, but yeah, so people will see him and they'll go, man, that's a young guy that, you know, he's super successful, but I'm like, you don't know what he goes through. Like, I don't, I don't know that I could do what he does, you know what I mean? Yeah. On a day-to-day basis. But I think that's also why, like a lot of people that I talk to, um, there's some people that, live beyond their means always but a lot of people that are in like our positions man i know that's one reason like i I, you live way below your means because you don't know (laughs) it's like it's cool because you know it's like you make and what's one great thing about being in this position rather than uh the 40 hour at least for me because i'm just kind of i want to have more control over my future and that was the whole point behind all this but you know when you get your you get your check at work Money's already gone, right? <clears throat> Government takes their takes their taxes. Yep. So, but when you're in this position, they give you the money up front, and then it's up to you what to do with it. Right. Which that is a great thing, but it also complicates things for a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of people that just want that stability and that comfort, even mm-hmm. if they don't, even if they hate it, they they need it. They need yeah. because we all we all need that kind of structure. Human beings just respond to structure, even if it's not ideal. Um, so it's definitely a topic we've talked a lot about, man. Like people making that transition, it's why literally I'm two different people. There, I had the person I was before, and then there's the mm-hmm. person I've been over these last few years because it's such a drastic change in every aspect that yeah. I'm like, man, if I had never taken this chance, 
I don't even know, like, I would have never got to know this person that I am now. And same as you, like, if you, yeah. you just find out so many different things about yourself when you, when your back is kind of, you're literally like your back is against the wall. Even when you're doing well, your back is against the wall at all times. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know? Like, you're always on the, that kind of go of like, hey, you've got to be ready. If, if like, like what I was saying, they were like a couple yeah. of companies just say, hey, we're, we're, we're not selling as much or, you know, our stores are shut down. Yes. We can't do X, Y, and Z stuff. And so, sorry, we're just, we don't need your services right now. We'll, we'll call you back in three months. And then that, that call never comes and you, you were under and, but you don't stay around and wait, like, or at least I didn't like the first, mm. the second you start. And I had the same instance kind of in engineering. It's like when the price of oil would go down, you'd start to see people at the offices start to get let go. And then that was right when my mind was where, it's like you start looking at those other engineering firms. And so luckily that's, you know, I was able to kind of like stay ahead of those cycles, but like you'd see a few of like the, the lower people or like people that were newer to the company, they would get let go first. And you start realizing, mm -hmm. all right, well, oil still hasn't gone up and it's been another yeah. round of layoffs. And so you just, you hop ship, but it's the same thing in this industry. Like you see somebody starting to slow down, you, you start searching other clients or you branch out into other avenues of what you can do, or even just go write for other industries. I mean, you could do, food writing, alcohol writing, which maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'll start dabbling in that or something like bourbon writing or something. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, no. And actually what you just said is uh, phenomenal because that is exactly what happened. It's literally the price of oil too, because it was always ironic being in the position you were in. And it was the same as us when oil, like everyone gets excited when the price of oil drops, right? Not us. No, no, not, not at all. But you're like, dude, we're fucked. So, yeah. That was exactly now the way GE was, there would be constant um, temporary layoffs. All of mm -hmm. And then there would be like large layoffs that could take a year or two before they would like call you back. <clears throat> yeah, was it were they, were they actually laid off or were they just furloughed? Like, were you still with the company and they just kind of put you on pause no. or were you actually like let go officially from the company? You could go hire on with somebody else. Yeah, so there would be some would be um, temporary, like just a couple weeks at a time. Because there's there's um there's laws with unemployment and the way Pennsylvania was and stuff like that where there would be yeah. like a timing thing, but then there was like you know we went through a large layoff that you're gone. Right? That's when I went back to school full time. I was yeah. Anyway, it's a whole like long story, but they eventually called me back, but it was like two years later. You know what I mean? So when I that was the the light bulb moment for me was when I was working there realizing that so if if you're scared to go out there and <clears throat> say have your future be in a lot of doubt mm -hmm. and you know like this back against your wall like this thing we're talking about where you're just constantly like oh god i gotta keep yeah so part of the deal when you work for someone else like that is if i do a good job then i have a job here and i have stability well when that right. was taken away from me I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, the the deal was if I if I hold up my end of the bargain, you provide me a job and a paycheck, yep. and then I can have all this stuff. I can be married and I can buy this house and I can buy these toys. But when that was removed um, from me, or when the prospect of that actually, like what you said, when you could kind of see what was going on, I'm like, Dude, why the hell are we doing this? Or why am yeah. I if it's the same position, why am I letting someone else dictate 
when I'm going to be laid off or when I'm not going to have work. Wouldn't I? Right. And if I can't run the company, if I can't go out there and try to, you know, sell, you know, we, we built locomotives and things like that. Mm -hmm. If I can't go out there and physically control someone giving us work, I have to rely on someone else. I'm like, why don't I just do that on my own? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What do I need you for? Right. If I'm going to go, I I said this to my ex-wife, my wife at the time, I was like, if I'm going to go down, like I'm going to go down on my terms, I'm going to go down swinging. At least I'm not just going to sit there and wake up every day, hoping that someone gives me some work or something like that. I'm like, I'll go find it myself, which is easier said than done. But it's funny that you said that about oil prices because once oil started to drop, we're like, oh my God, we are so screwed. Yeah, I mean, like the the consumer hates it when oil is at like $110, $120 a barrel. The oil companies love that. Like the, the consulting firms love that because that's when Shell, Chevron, you know, Texaco, all of these companies are, are throwing money at all the consulting firms. And then mm-hmm. second, it dips below like $80 a barrel. Is, and when it gets to 60, that's when things get super lean in the, the oil and gas sector. But uh, yeah, man. Wasn't it, like, wasn't it like at like 30 or 40 at one point or maybe? That's yeah, I mean, it, was... it got to like that low, like 2010. Yeah. 2010, yeah. I think, is when that, that first round of a, uh, or at least the first round when in my, my early career, because I graduated LSU in 08, May of 08. <clears throat> yeah. That's and so the company I had interned with for two years was was super fine. And then right at like the end of nine, I think the early portion of 10 is when things started to get lean the first go around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a huge layoff at GE in 2010. I started there in, I think it was like 2011, because what they did was, there was the layoff and then things got busy, right? There's this huge roller coaster. So then they hired all these people and I was part of that. And then the same thing happened a few years later. And you, you knew it going in though, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of thing, which is, so I always kind of had this, I'm like, okay, we're making like fantastic money here. There's a lot of advantages. They're going to have to, like, if they do lay us off, they have to take care of you for a little while, right? It was part of NAFTA, right. which is ironic that the reason why you lost your job in the first place was because of NAFTA, but they had to at least- <laughs> they had Taking to care least, of you on the back end. They had to at least do something for you. So I'm like, I was always planning in my head. I remember saying, uh, when I took a job there, I said, if I can get five good years here, that would be, that would be good because- yeah. I can make as much there in five as I made in my last job in, in 12 or 15. I was like, so let me take that extra money and mm-hmm. put it towards something else, something else on yeah. the horizon. And if for some reason things work out here, you know, then worst case scenario, I'm here, you know, but always planning for something else. So then when the big layoff happened uh, to me and everyone around me, I was so in shock at the panic that people had, I was like, I'm looking around and I'm like, you guys going to act like you didn't know this was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's been happening. This this company is like a hundred and some years old. It's been happening from the very beginning. So it was just always planning ahead. So I realized I was doing that anyway for someone else's company. I was like, man, why don't I just take control of this situation? And I think a lot of people wouldn't do it though, because they're already too far down. Like, you know, we bought our house, uh, we're living in the town I grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, our forever home, you know, you're married and you're making all these plans. And then to just wipe all that away, I think is more than, yep. more than most people are willing to do. They're like, they're, they, 
refuse to take a step back in order to take steps forward because mm -hmm. you feel like you feel like you're starting over like in a bad way and yeah. but really what you're just doing is you're removing yourself from i always make the pond analogy you know what i mean like the big the big fish in a small pond kind of thing you're just removing yourself from the the pond that's becoming constrictive and you're putting yourself in a larger pond now you have you have to kind of start over but you have this much bigger territory that you can basically explore, I guess, is for a lack of a better uh, term. But, yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Yeah, it just gives you more opportunities, you know, to do things. Because um, really, and that's one thing with you, if you really want to, there is no limit to what you can do now, right? You, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Like, Brady yeah. was saying on our one call the other night, you know, he was like, business is like the last great frontier. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. He's like, He's like, it's that last like bit of discovery <clears throat> that you, it's untapped. Like you, you can basically look out there and you see these things people are doing that no one would have ever considered before. You know, you look at what Amazon does and Tesla and all these, there's no limit to, to what you can accomplish. No, create either some type of good or service, whatever magic widget you can do. And if somebody's willing to buy it, mm -hmm. you got your career right there, man. Just figure out a way to make something that, People are highly, you know, highly invested and are highly seeking. It could be, you know, whatever magic widget or service that you provide. And that if you're willing to work it, you can make good money doing it, especially if you're passionate about it and you become the best or, you know, it, it, maybe not the best, but mm -hmm. you get really, really, really freaking good at it. You can make a, a really good living and it could be doing anything. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know if you've gone through this, but one thing that, and this is kind of where we're at right now. We're going through another sort of transition in the supplements business where mm -hmm. you, you try all these different things, right? Because it's all new to you, yeah. right? And you're like, yep. okay, we'll try this. We'll try this. And then you realize you're doing like 10 different things. Then it's like, okay, pick the, pick that one thing. Mm -hmm. Pick the one thing that you realize you're really good at and that's giving you a good return on your time and then yeah. get rid of everything else. You know what I mean? Because there's some people that just get overwhelmed because you, you, there, there's so much potential that mm -hmm. you, you're like, you say yes to everything and, you know, you're doing all this stuff and it becomes, yep. it becomes where you're just busy, but you're not making any sort of progress. And that's what yeah. Prady and I have sort of shifted a little bit over the last couple of years. We've been learning everything there is to know about Amazon um, because start to realize too, in the supplement space, you know, nothing there's nothing wrong with this like not at all but it's kind of the same recipe over and over and over again right mm -hmm. where a company starts a brand and then they want to go retail and then you know you look at um social media and stuff and almost all yeah. the companies are exactly the same yeah all their content's the same they're trying to get in the same places and yep. a couple of them are more successful than the others but we kind of realize that there's we didn't really want to play that game where you're just uh, helping the same people do the same things over and over and over again. So we're right. kind of, you know, transitioning away from that a little bit. Yeah. And you I mean, you bring up a good point. So, like we see so many new brands or new products come on. Like you, you go check out stack.com mm -hmm. and there's an endless feed of, of new products, new flavors, new brands, new whatever coming out. But it's, it's like they're all doing the exact same thing. They're all going to eventually go on yeah. Amazon. They're all going to be using the same targeted messaging on Facebook ads or Google ads or, right. you know, so in, getting insta, in, insta influencers and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder, it's like, what, 
and this is a, a topic I was talking with Sandy about uh, Monday night. I just thought, because I, I go through these little kind of like peaks, I'm not a peak and valley, just every now and then I get this notion in the back of my mind. It's like, you're writing this content for these various brands. Is it actually accomplishing anything? Or are you just adding more noise to something that is already just wah, 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 like yeah. all the time? And that's just, that's something I, I, I've, I find myself contemplating or struggling with especially over like the last year year mm. and a half of stuff it's just because a lot of like you said all these products are more or less the same mm-hmm. a lot of the content is all the same it's like how many different variations of a chest press can we talk about in an article how many ways can you make tracking your macros getting in cardio resistance training how many ways can you like sexify that up to make it sound like a new topic when it's really a rehash of something that's been said four billion times by three mm-hmm. different all three million different authors on the internet so, yeah, because and you know this and uh, the way you write is a gift, right? Because uh, especially these days, most people can't do it <laughs> like, or they don't want to do it. Right. There's a, yeah. there's a. But then also it's like you've written the same article a million times. Right. Yeah. And, and you just change the details a little bit and mm-hmm. you get to that point where it's why like um if you look at my Instagram feed and things like that, like, I, yeah, I, I talked about supplements and I review, mm-hmm. but dude, like, I don't, that's not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to be a fucking supplement review because there's like, what am I going to yeah. say? <laughs> like, yeah, it's oh, the same thing over in a great energy. Awesome. Yeah, this, this tastes good. This doesn't taste good. Um, this and that. And it's like, that is so boring to me. Like what, yeah. what separates me from anyone else? People are like, Oh, well, you know, you're, you, you say, honest things okay great i say i'm honest wow okay so it's like where where is the what am i adding anything like so i the way i do it now is like i do think that i can add some things to this space Mm -hmm. so i do that but that's not you know we sort of like okay what else can i do like what mean what what more can i do there because you don't want that to be just like your your sole focus because like I'm the same as you where it just at one point it just got so boring to me like people are like what do you think of this pre-workout i'm like i don't fucking know it looks like every other pre-workout that i've seen like a hundred times and it's like then you get like that new shiny pre-workout that does some different things and you're like hey that's cool you're like oh what'd you think of it i'm like it was awesome it was great energy and great focus and yeah (laughs) it's like I don't know, like, what are you supposed to say? It's the same stuff over and over and over again, even if it is slightly different. Um, What started to excite me more was how brands would present, you know, the the actual branding aspect, the the messaging. That's where you do see some deviation a little bit, you know what I mean? The products themselves. Um, As much as I love formulas and I'll always gravitate towards companies that use cool formulas, but with the one thing about the full transparency labels. Um, I don't want to say it's a downside. It's not a downside, but when you fully disclose everything you're doing, any company that is maybe trying some new things, like I'll get, we'll use, we'll use inspired, you know, we'll use our friend Chris as an example. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with him about this. Chris does more testing on his products than most people I've ever met. Like he'll send me something a year before it ever actually comes out right he, he does a lot of testing 
and he'll send stuff to me he'll send stuff to you and not tell us anything about it. he wants real feedback so yeah now he spends x amount of time on r d and then busts out a pre-workout now it's fully disclosed now anyone can go and make the same thing yeah. where he you know he spent a lot of time trying to get this right and now his branding is strong enough where people won't you know necessarily but mm-hmm. that, that's tough man that's a tough gig like why would you really want to do that all the time where it's like you spend all this time trying to develop something and then you just put it out there and i know that the yeah. proprietary blended stuff goes downhill very quickly but i understand mm-hmm. in some small way like why people would want to protect that but it's just not not the world we live in so uh what is going to really separate your fully disclosed you know pre-workout from everybody else's it's whatever your messaging is and that's when i think you get to see like some real personality uh come out you know in mm-hmm. companies whereas do you see personality in formulas maybe you know i think glaxon maybe uh, yeah i mean like if, if you know the formulator i guess the person that is doing the formulating you know them on a personal level or they've got enough Right. Popularity or, or uh, notoriety in the industry. Like you can say, all right, or like uh, certain people just kind of gravitate towards certain ingredients or like I, I associate certain ingredients or the certain way of formula is certain laid out that uh, you can associate with that person, even if they, you know, they are not knowingly like mm-hmm. the face of a brand or openly associated with that brand. You kind of know, like we've all, it's, it's the same sure. like writing or the way you just conduct yourself. Like you, you can pick up somebody's voice or their essence or whatever it is in the way that they they formulate things or the way they do things and, and do like that. So, you, uh, I shouldn't say it. I was just gonna say maybe like if you're reading if you're reading a, a website that provides information about say ingredients or something like that, and you read it and it's got someone's name on the article, but you really know it was someone else because you know their writing style. Is that what you're talking? No, I wasn't going down that route, but sure. I was I was thinking of uh 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 just hypothetically totally yeah <laughs> Heather will appreciate that <laughs> so um, yeah she will she she yep but I know exactly what you mean you have that uh, it, it's just kind of interesting because I think it's a good thing also that you know that we're still struggling within the industry to reach the the general person out there, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a lack of resources or a lack of knowing how to get there because the, the brands that have the biggest reach are the ones that leave the ability to reach in the margins. You know, when you see yeah. as much as like, I've said this like lots of times, but I, honestly, man, like I, when I have like a, a small brand that that does like 144 unit run with NutriCap, I could tell mm-hmm. as soon as they reach out to me, and they show me their formula and I just, it's kind of sad because yeah. it's like, I, I don't want to like bring bad news to them, but is when they show it to me and they say, what do you think? I'm like, I think that you are screwing yourself before you even get started Damn. because I'll, you know, I'll ask like, what is the, what do you intend to do with this product? And then they'll tell me, they'll say like, you know, oh, we, we want to be, everywhere we want to appeal to you know everyone at the gym and i was like well you can't do that with this formula sorry so people have fallen in love with this fully loaded expensive formula but they don't factor in and i know i've beaten this uh subject to death but i just see it so much 
now, you know, because it's so easy to make a product now and people, uh, they think some kind of magic is going to happen. It's, it's really just about money and numbers, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah. so if you, but it's kind of cool, like in the same way, because I think things have changed for the good, like back, say when you were originally starting with like price plow, it seems like, it seems like an eternity ago yeah. in ways, because the way we've seen sort of formulas change and now the full transparency, we've seen a lot of brands that were against it sort of just conform to it because people demanded it, but it's right. also then opened the door for new issues, you know, within the industry where you're trying to solve new problems mm-hmm. for a lot of people when, you know, that was kind of part of the problem before was we couldn't get transparency. And now it's like, now we're, I'm kind of going, man, we have too much transparency like sometimes. With certain and, things, especially like, like an open label thing that's got like one gram of citrulline in it or something like that. You see formulas like that and you were throwing them. I, I would prefer, and, and Robbie said this numerous said times. This, yeah, I said this. And like you have too. It's like, this, put, put that shit in a problem, man. Don't, don't, like, don't, don't show me 500 milligrams of arginine, 1,000 milligrams of citrulline, and tell me you've got some magic pump complex going there. Put, yeah. put all, the, like, go the GAT route where you've got everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely said a few times where I'm like, uh, someone asked me about a product, and I'll look at the formula. And I was like, man, they should have prop blended this. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, it's like in, in Chris's case with Inspired. I mean, it's the old versions of Devastate. He had the the ergogenic side open label, and then the stem complex was was prop blended. Now I, I would ninety nine point nine percent of the time I'm all for keeping it open label as possible. For sure. That point one percent where I can understand is where you've got that special sauce in the stem complex, like he used to do with Devastated the or not Devastated the yeah. uh, White Cut. Like mm-hmm. it's still the hardest goddamn hitting thing I've ever tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got to try Jack 3D back in the day when it was laced with God knows what. I never got to try I, that. So and I never tried White Cut. So yeah. I tried Jack, but I never tried White Cut. But you're right. But also yeah. one of the reasons why you're like, that's that's I understand that is because you know Chris. <clears throat> right? yeah. You know you know what's going on behind the scenes where it's like yeah. If you were to just see that and it was you know maybe someone you didn't know you might. So it's just it's, yeah. it's a tough thing. Like, how do you how do you get down that deep to people? You know, it's kind of what we right. try to do is bring everybody together in the same place, and that way people can get to know. Because I always want to know, like, anymore, I don't. I try not to say too many things about products and formulas. Yeah. I would I, I want to give the company an opportunity to tell me why first, mm-hmm. and then I'll determine. You know, I was just talking with a company yesterday, and we totally disagreed on the why and what they were yeah. doing, but at least they told me, I was like, okay. I was like, as, as long as you know, you're like, you're explaining yourself and that's, that's cool. People can then, you know, figure it out for themselves, even though we told yeah. you, but yeah. I mean, we, we say, we bring up Chris a lot as, as our, our, you know, case study or our prime example of somebody we trust <laughs> that they put a problem. There, there's other people out in the industry, like Joey Glaxon, I'm going to trust him. I, yeah. I, I know Robbie's never going to do a problem, but you know, if he'd ever did, I would, I would trust him to do it. Or, you know, Brian gorilla chemist, there's a bunch of morphogen benefit. Like these people ever decided to actually go there and do a prop blend of an energy blend. I would trust them because they've kind of established yeah. their, they've got their credibility and, and just past history of use of stuff like that. So that's, yeah, that's one thing I don't want to put people to confuse that we only have trust Chris Waldron and Empire. There's, there's sometimes. other people in the industry. We try, you know, well, it was kind of like when Glaxon released Zeno, they had, they had their myoseek that proprietary yeah. amino acid blend. Mm-hmm. 
and people like one of the first you know the message board warriors the keyboard warriors bitching about prop lens and like asking me my opinion i was like if you look at their company every single thing they do is transparent right fully broken down uh they they show all their standardizations for everything they're one of the most transparent companies we see so i'm like why do you think that they didn't disclose that then it's not a it's not a shady they're trying to why would they do that with amino acids you know what i mean right it's like because they feel like that they have something that other people don't so that's like one of those because you and i have talked about that in the past or you've heard that excuse in the past like uh a bpi says well you know there's synergy we don't we don't want to disclose that you're like just shut the fuck up yeah when everything you do is underdosed and shitty yeah right but so you see how that whole like protecting intellectual property goes off the rails in the space but every now and then you do see an example where you're like okay like i you know even if you don't like support it you can be like i understand where you're coming from with this like i said xeno was one of those examples where i'm sort of like if i see a proprietary blend of something i try not to like rush to i want to see what else is sort of going on with the company um and you can usually tell pretty easily like okay this company is doing it because they're cheap and we know that it's a lot cheaper to make a proprietary blend uh especially when it comes to testing and things like that so very much so it's just you know how it goes man there's like always a nuance to everything yeah i would prefer everything to be open label especially when things are going on our bodies especially but um, you know yeah. we don't have to beat that home yeah, man. <clears throat> and uh bringing things to a close here what do you uh what's on the on plan for game day do you have a, a game day ritual that you're doing <laughs> or anything like that yeah it's a good question because you know i'm in a i'm in a new spot this year i'm in a new mm-hmm. town i have a wholly totally different life uh yeah. is jacob a big college football guy like is he a gamecocks fan or anything there in know, South it's, carolina? Interesting. it's interesting here right because you have the big south carolina versus clemson yep um but then since basically which is south carolina is another interesting thing where college football teams uh they seem to think that they can do better <laughs> Yeah. And, you know they get rid of Steve Spurrier. I, I don't know like all the details like behind it, but they I mean they've been shit, you know, basically ever since. And it's like uh they can't compete with Clemson anymore <clears throat> and they're not even in the same conference, but yeah. it's not really it's pretty lopsided, so there isn't that rivalry, so to speak, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll ever come back because yeah. I saw South Carolina, speaking of, did you see South Carolina their starting quarterback this year? No, I haven't. Okay, so I just I just read this. <clears throat> Actually, I read it on Miami uh, website. They were talking about so South Carolina, their graduate assistant, who has been their graduate assistant for they just decided to make him like I don't even know if he played like all like I don't think he was practicing with the team or anything like that. He's just I think he's he's going to be their starter for their uh, first game. Yeah, that's why I just pulled that up. Yeah, I hadn't. I don't know all the details to the story, but uh, no I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah, he's their graduate assistant. Shane Beamer in South Carolina Gamecocks had named starting quarterback. Zeb Noland is the kid. Zeb Noland will get the nod. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's legal. I mean, I guess that's within the rules. He's a grad right. assistant on Beamer's coaching staff. Well, because that he, Shane Beamer, is that Frank Beamer's son, the guy from Virginia Tech? I have no idea. 
I wonder if that's – I mean – Will, Will Muschamp was their coach, was South Carolina's coach for a little bit. Right, yeah. He was there for several years. What a disaster that guy is. But he's one of those people that was really good as a coordinator and just does not shine as a uh, exactly. head coach. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting story, speaking of South Carolina. But I, I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where when the team sucks, you don't really, like, feel the vibe that it's like a college football, like, town. But if they, if all yeah. of a sudden South Carolina was doing well, you would notice all the fans kind of coming out of the woodwork. So I don't know. I don't know if he's, like yeah. – <clears throat> Yeah. Good old Vandy holding down the uh, bottom of the power rankings. And look at South Carolina. Yep. East. Rebuilding. Mississippi State. Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, Auburn. Jeez. I haven't paid much attention to SEC uh, stuff. No. I just, I've <laughs> tuned into a little bit of like LSU chatter, but not even but, just like on the whole. I, I don't really know what's going on. Hey, we're in the top four. That's good. Isn't that's oh, interesting that, about this? Auburn. This that's, that's not happening. That no, no, no. They don't deserve to be number three. They haven't earned that yet. Right. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the. Uh, it's surprising to see Auburn that low too. Uh, maybe yeah. another example. You know, Gus Malzahn. He's you know right here with some big moments, kind of here and there, and then. Yeah. You get these, <clears throat> get these um, universities that are like, oh, we're just maybe one good hire of a coach away from being dominant, and then they then they fire the coach, and then next thing you know, they're they're gone for a while. Yeah, yeah, they just drop off. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Well, that's the cool thing about college football is you just man talk about <laughs> talk about never knowing. Like in college football yeah. is pretty wild. So that's why one reason why I do. And I, I will say, too, like, <clears throat> you know, back in the day when you're working Monday through Friday, I think a lot of people would spend their weekends watching football, you know, Saturday and then Sunday for the pros. I think <clears throat> that was one thing that sort of I started to gravitate more towards college anyway was when you stopped having weekends, right? Yeah. And you kind of give yourself maybe one day where you can just kind of sit on the couch and kind of hang out. And I picked Saturday college football instead of pros on Sunday because I'm like man I can't you can't do that anymore you can't sit around oh, yeah. watch football all day Saturday and all day Sunday like when you yeah. have yeah you know the schedule no, we do I'm ready man I think yeah. uh I'm, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do because she works she works at she works 7 p.m 7 a.m like I said she's mm -hmm. a cop so she works this weekend so I'm definitely gonna have some bourbon it's a 3 30 yeah. it's a 3 30 game I'll definitely have I don't know because you know, man, it, it, college football is fucking crazy. And you know, I think Alabama is like a twenty-point favorite. And at the same time, anytime you have a quarterback like Miami does, you know, the one thing Alabama has always struggled with is like a mobile quarterback that can run, can make things happen. Yeah, um, Alabama's defense should be pretty phenomenal, but. Anytime you have like a wild card like that, like uh, <clears throat> Miami's quarterback, you can create some some tough some tough things. I, I don't expect you know to beat them, but you know it's a, it might be. Oh, it's a good showing you want. Yeah, it, it might be good. It might get a little wild. You never know. Like <laughs> I, I like to think that 
you know, you have a realistic view, but you know, all that changes once the game starts. Next right. Time you're, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Good stuff, man. What all about right, LSU? We'll what, is, what does LSU do? We play UCLA seven o'clock in the Rose Bowl Stadium. That's a cool matchup. I mean, I think yeah. maybe probably when they scheduled it, they probably anticipated maybe a more cool matchup, you know, with Chip Kelly and stuff like that being there. And um, yeah. they probably scheduled it, I don't know, probably five, six years ago, it seems like. Yeah. And now the the repeat game with them, like them coming to Tiger Stadium or I guess the Superdome, wherever they do it, that's not going to happen until 2025 now. But we've put, we've slotted, we just booked a game with, USC for the first game of 2024 mm, for the Vegas kickoff classic. So they'll do it in the new Raiders stadium in Vegas in 2024. Oh, who knows? Oh, I mean, like I these things. Yeah, I did read about that. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know how fluid college football schedules are and all of that stuff. Right. I mean, like a couple of years ago, we were supposed to have a home and home with Oklahoma. That never happened. Although now with oh, conference wow. realignment going on, we'll probably start having that a lot more uh, frequently now too. Well, yeah, because so that's one other uh, thing. Like Miami schedule this year is pretty weak. Well, they scheduled a home and home with Michigan State like years ago, mm-hmm. right? Michigan State's—they're pretty bad now, but they were yeah. when they scheduled the game years great. ago. My, Michigan State, Miami was like kind of a cool matchup, you know, territorial mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like um, now, it's like, oh man, like it kind of lost a lot of its luster, you know, years later when you actually play the game. That's kind of the weird thing about college football. Because I know Miami scheduled, they have a a series with <clears throat> Florida and Notre Dame coming up also. So it's kind of cool to see some of these scheduling decisions sort of come to fruition. You know, yeah. with the Alabama game, I could have done with the Alabama game getting canceled or something like that. But Oh, I mean, it's good that they're reuniting the uh, Catholics and convicts rivalry, so that's good with y'all in Notre Dame. So that'll be good yeah, to see again. Yeah, well, and especially uh, I was surprised Notre because the last time they played, Miami beat the ever-loving shit out of them. And that was probably the, like, it was definitely the highlight of the last 15 years as a Miami fan. Yeah. Was, damn, man, they beat the fuck out of Notre Dame. <laughs> well, the, that there's, awesome. I, don't like, I don't like Notre Dame as a, as a university. I think Rudy's one of the most overrated movies of all time and all of that stuff. So it's just mm-hmm. anytime Notre Dame goes down, like we kicked the shit out of them when we had Jamarcus Russell as quarterback and played him in the Sugar Bowl. And, just, and I think that's when Brady Quinn yeah. was their quarterback too. It's yeah. just one of those pretty boys that you just, you're glad when you <laughs> just drive their faces into the dirt. Just arrogant, arrogant people there. Man. Yeah, that's what um, you'll always see like Miami fans – um, there will always be like signs, even when they don't play Notre Dame. Miami hates fans hate Notre Dame stuff, but you'll always see like on yeah. game day or whatever, someone will have a sign that says like Rudy was offsides. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one a bunch of times. I just hate them so bad. <laughs> so yeah, man. So yeah. wait, when did you when did you say that they play UCLA? Not Saturday. This weekend, seven o'clock. So oh. it'll be right after uh, your game. So we're going to Perfect. one of the. Uh, Teachers at Sandy's work, we're going to go over to their house. They're going to be doing some. He's got one of those big green egg like smokers and stuff. So he's going to be doing pulled pork, mac and cheese. So we're going to get over there after the halflings nap at four. We're going to watch the Clemson game first because he is a Clemson grad. His wife's an Auburn grad. So Mm. he's a huge Clemson fan. He's also gone back to get his uh, doctorate right now from Mississippi State. So now he's starting to gravitate more in towards the uh, uh, SEC side of things as well. But Mm-hmm. We'll be there. We'll watch that game. 
and then we'll watch the LSU game after that and have lots of, uh, I've been tapped to be the uh, bartender for the night. So he's got four or five different bourbons already at his place. A couple of them from Michigan. They're like local Michigan bourbons, which I'm, I'm curious to try that out. And yeah. I'm going to bring over a few of my, my stash here and then we'll mix up some old fashions and Kentucky mules and whatever else is going on. So it'll be a, a good, good weekend of a uh, bourbon and college football and barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, all right, like I know for sure I'll start drinking uh, in the afternoon. So oh, yeah. try not, try not to schedule any meetings for, <laughs> for Saturday. Good idea. Cream on that's, a, Saturday that's, a, that's a good YouTube name right there. Creamy. Creamy. Yeah. Yeah, man. So thanks for uh, switching up the schedule a little bit today. Yeah, of course. Uh, stocked up on cigars. I'm not a cigar guy. I've never done a cigar. I've never mm. smoked a cigarette or a cigar or a joint or anything like that. I'm, my my only uh substance of abuse is caffeine and bourbon. So same here. I I just not. I'm not a cigar guy. Not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe when I turn sixty, I might I might be into cigars or something <laughs> like that. I think it's like an old man thing. You just you gravitate towards that, and then I might yeah. I might actually start enjoying scotch at that point too. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yep. All right, man. Cool. All right, buddy. Thank you all to the people that tuned in. If you're catching yeah. this on the replay, make sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe, video. Shoot me an email to supplementengineer at gmail.com if you have any other questions or topics for a future podcast. Uh, slide into Justin's DMs at Supplement Snoop on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you all next time on Bourbon Brothers. <laughs>